It was in 2011. A major earthquake hit Japan. And it was such a major earthquake that out in the sea, the, the waves j- just took off just huge waves, a, a tsunami. And that tsunami in 2011 crashed onto Japan and destroyed around 217 acres of land. Over 19,000 people lost their life, died because of that tsunami. Over 300,000, almost creeping up to 400,000 people were left homeless. 170,000 trees were destroyed. And out of those 170,000 trees that were destroyed because of this tsunami, there was one tree that remained. Let, Let me show you this tree. They called it the miracle pine. And that powerful tsunami destroyed so much, but that one tree remained standing in the middle of the storm. And the goal of this series, because that tree remained standing, because its roots were so deep that it was strong enough to withstand the storm. And in this series, we want your roots to grow deeper and deeper and deeper so you can get stronger and stronger and withstand any storm, withstand any devastation, withstand any attack of the enemy, you got to be rooted. And we're going to do a four-week study through the book of Colossians, and you're going to learn how to get your roots deep in Jesus Christ. And here's what I want you to know. No matter where you are in your faith journey, your roots can grow deeper. No matter where you are, I want to see your roots grow deeper and deeper so that you can live stronger and stronger. We're going to go deeper together. Matter of fact, here's what I want us to do. I want you just to agree to do this before I even say it. Here's what I want us all to do. For the next 30 days, would all of you agree to read the book of Colossians? It's just four chapters. But together as a church, let's all go deeper together. And matter of fact, this week, I encourage you today to read chapter 1 of Colossians. If you can read two chapters right up, read two chapters, you'll be prepared for next Sunday. Because we're going to do chapter 1 this week, then chapter 2, then chapter 3, then chapter 4. But for the next 30 days, come on, who will wave a hand at me online? If you'll do read the book of Colossians in the next 30 days. Come on, let's do this together and grow our roots deeper online. Just throw up a hand emoji. Let me know that you're in online, wherever you are watching around the world. Let me know that you're in. In because this 30-day challenge is going to help take us deeper. Here's the key verse for the entire series. It's found in Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 6. It says, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him, verse 7. Let your roots grow down into him, talking about Jesus, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. This verse is one of the pivotal verses in the New Testament because when you get this verse right, everything else seems just to work out. And I'm excited to see your roots grow deeper throughout this series. I really believe this. If you would allow God to take your roots deeper through this series, it's going to change your life. Before we get started, 
let me give you just a little background on the book of Colossians. It was written by the Apostle Paul who wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. And the Apostle Paul was preaching in, in the city of Ephesus. And, and he was there in Ephesus, which is, is in western Turkey, uh, modern-day Turkey today, western Turkey. And he was there preaching. And, and, and Ephesus was a coastal city. It was kind of like Miami. It was on, on the coast. And, and, and Colossae where, where was a city that was more inward and uh, inland. And that's, that, that's the book of Colossians, a, a real city, uh, Colossae, uh, in Turkey. And, and a guy named Epaphras was, went from inland, to, to, inland to, to, to the coastal city of Ephesus. Ephesus, maybe to go go shopping, maybe to hang out on the beach. Not exactly sure. Scholars don't really know why he was there, but he was there maybe doing business because Ephesus was a booming, um, a booming city. And while he was there, he heard the Apostle Paul preaching about Jesus. He heard about this Jesus. And, and, and while he was in, 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 in Ephesus, Epaphras gave his life to Jesus Christ. His life was radically changed, and he went back to his city, Colossae, and he started a church there. He was a church planter, and Paul heard about this church that was thriving, that was growing in their faith, but he also heard that there was some deception slipping into the church. There was some false teaching slipping into the church, and so Paul wrote this letter inspired by the Holy Spirit to the church at Colossae, and the, the, the church of the book of Colossians, to for this church to stay rooted in their faith, to let their roots grow deeper and deeper and deeper so that they would not fall into this false teaching. They would not fall into this deception. And how many of you know that in our world today, there's false teaching, there's deception. I think more people get their cues from the world and from the television and from the news station than they do from God's word, from the Bible. And I'm here to tell you, church, we've got to get ourselves rooted in God's word and rooted in Christ if we're going to stand. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How to be rooted in Christ. Pastor, how do I know if I'm, if I'm rooted? How, how will I, what will be some evidence that I'm rooted in Christ? I want to give you three outcomes of a rooted life. Right here from the chapter one, next week, chapter two, this week, chapter one, three outcomes of a rooted life. Number one is this. Rooted people see life through eyes of faith. They see life through eyes of faith. Colossians chapter one and verse number three and four. And I encourage you again to read the entire chapter today, but we're going to look at a few verses today out of chapter one. He says, we always thank God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and, 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 and of the love you have for all God's people. And Paul says, we thank God for you when we pray for you. He, he was excited because he heard about their faith in Christ Jesus. I wonder if Paul wrote to the church at People's Church in Oklahoma City, in, in Indianapolis, those joining online around the nation and the world. I, I wonder if he wrote a letter to our church. I wonder what he would say. I, I heard about your cool buildings. 
I wonder what he writes. I heard about your great worship at all your campuses. Or, or maybe he, he writes, I heard that you all are in fashion. Oh, the 21st century. Y'all got skinny jeans and everything. Like, like, I just wonder, what would he write? To the church, or would he write, I heard about your faith in Christ Jesus. I've heard that you're following God by faith. Because when you're rooted, you see everything through the eyes of faith. Let me make faith really simple for you to understand. Faith in somebody means that you can trust them to tell the truth. Faith, faith in God means I choose to believe that God is telling the truth. Question, do you believe God is telling the truth? Do, do you believe what God says? Do you believe God's word is truthful? The, the reality is everybody has faith. Everyone watching me right now, whether you're at one of our locations or you're online watching, everybody has faith. Everybody does. Here's how I know because when you walked into the church or you walked into your living room or you walk into the doctor's office or you walk into the restaurant, you know what we all do? We don't even think about it. We just walk in and we just sit right in the chair. Don't, don't think anything about it. We just have faith that that chair is going to hold us up. I mean, we didn't go, hmm, I wonder who. They, they, did they? I just want to make sure because I don't know. I don't know if that thing's going to work or not. No, we don't think or think about it. We just walk right in and just, today, you just plopped right down on that chair. Right there on your living room couch. You didn't think a thing about it. You just had faith. It would hold you up. And faith in God is like faith in this chair. You have faith, this chair will hold you up. You gotta have faith in God's word. Can I tell you, church, you've gotta really get rooted where you believe that God's word is telling you the truth and that you sit on the word of God. You sit by faith on the word of God. Do you really believe Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 13 where God's word says that you can do all things through Christ that gives you strength? I mean, do you really believe that? Do you believe that God is telling the truth that you can be a godly spouse through Christ? You can be a godly parent through Christ. You can find a godly spouse through Christ that you can be a godly co-worker or student or boss or employee through Christ. Do you believe, even through your difficulties, your challenges, your inadequacies, that you can do all things through Christ that gives you strength? I mean, do you really sit on the word of God and believe it? Do, do, do you believe Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 19 that my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus? Do you really believe the word of God? Do you, do you really sit on the word of God that God wants to supply all of my needs? Listen, if you need joy, God promises to supply it. If you need peace, God promises to supply it. If you need resources, God promises to supply it. Whatever you're in need of, my God will supply all of your needs according to Israel, do you sit on the word of God? Some of you are like, that's good preaching, but no, uh, I don't. I, I, I struggle. I, 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 have, I have doubts. I, I, I wonder if, if God has the ability 
to do something in my life that I, I need. I, I, I just doubt God sometimes. And, and if you find yourself there, I want you to remember a story about Jesus in Mark chapter 9. Let me just, let me just take you there. Mark chapter 9, when you're struggling with doubt and sitting on the word of God and, and believing God's word. Mark chapter 9 verse 21 says, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, talking about this evil spirit, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. Listen, all of us at times can find ourselves feeling just like this man. Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. That means, God, I believe in you, but I struggle believe, believing that you can do all the things you said you could do in my life. Help me with my unbelief. And church, when you are doubting God, that's a great prayer to pray. Pray that prayer. Lord, help me with my unbelief. Help me overcome my unbelief. God, God, I'm looking at my circumstances and I'm not looking through the eyes of faith. God, help me with my unbelief. I want you to know that your heavenly father is not disappointed when you pray that kind of prayer. So some people really wonder, well, can, can I pray like that? Can I be honest with God? No, you can be honest with God. He's not intimidated. He's not bothered. He's not nervous that you're going, God, I don't know. I'm doubting you. I wonder, can you really show up in my situation? No, God wants you to pray that kind of prayer like this, Father. I believe, but help my unbelief. Can I tell you, Jesus never talked bad about that man. He never rebuked that man. He, he never talked down to him. Matter of fact, you know what Jesus did to help his faith? Jesus cast out that demon out that little boy. Jesus performed a miracle that day and said, I'm going to help you believe by displaying my power in your situation. And God wants to work in your life. If you're struggling today, let your roots begin to grow deep in Christ. Because listen, get your roots deep enough and be honest with God so that you can begin to sit on the word of God and believe his promises in your life. Because rooted people See life through the eyes of faith. Number two is this. I want us to see a second outcome of a rooted life. Number two is rooted people have a heart of love. A heart of love. I want you to notice this back in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 4. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. Rooted people are loving people. People who have shallow roots or, or no roots at all are hateful, divisive, mean, unkind, rude. Church, maturity in Christ, being rooted in Christ is not measured by what you know. It's measured by who you love. 
Paul did not say, we've heard about your faith and that you know all the books of the Bible. He didn't say, I heard about your faith and that you can quote the 13th chapter of Corinthians or, or that you have completed the T.D. Jakes or the Beth Moore Bible study or, or that you can explain the book of Revelation and all of the end times and eschatology. He did not say, I heard about your faith and that you know the Greek and the Hebrew. It's not what he said. I mean, that's all good stuff. It's, it's wonderful stuff. But when somebody's roots are growing deeper into Jesus, one of the biggest evidences that their roots are deep is they start loving all kinds of people. They start seeing value in people that nobody else sees value in. And church, hear me. This is so key to understand. I want to help you go deeper in your faith. And a lot of Christians get bamboozled. A lot of Christians get deceived. A lot of Christians get this wrong. There are a lot of Christians that think Maturity and being rooted is measured by what they know, what they do, or how many spiritual gifts they can operate in. And that's just not what the Bible says. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and know God and knows God. How do you know if you've been born of God and that you know God? By your love. John chapter 13, verse 34, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37 through 39, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. The, this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. The most important commands are about loving, not knowing. First Peter chapter four and verse eight, above all, Above everything else, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. What, what would Paul say about you after the year 2020? What would Paul say about People's Church after the year we had in 2020? A, a pandemic and, and racism and racial unrest and political divide. Would he say, above all else, People's Church, I heard about your faith in Christ and your love for all God's people. And then Jesus, Jesus then, I mean, it just blows me away. Jesus takes this love thing to a whole nother level. And here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43 and 44. He says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. How many of you would agree with your pastor that sometimes the people God calls you to love look different than the people that you enjoy loving? God says, love all people. Come on, everybody say all Come on, the chat line, I need the 10 fastest people just to write the word all. Come on, just write all. God, God says love all people. And man, people come in a variety of packages. Come on, some packages are just easier to love mm, 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 than others. Come on, let's be real, church. Let's be real. 
Come on, let's be really real. Even the people you deeply love can be hard to love at times. I mean, you deeply love them. But, but, but sometimes you know, your spouse, you're just like, man, you hard to love. Don't, don't, don't look. Don't, don't, don't look. I wouldn't do it. If I was you, I wouldn't look right now. Just stare at me. It's just hard. Come on, your children, hard to love sometimes. Like you deeply love them, but you're like hard to love your family and them. Just, just hard. And like, I'm not talking about my enemies right now. I'm talking about the people that live with me. On my last. Got my same last name. I'm not talking about my enemies. Hard to love. And I believe one of the major reasons God raised up people's church is to make a major impact in our society right now. Because our society is crumbling from the inside out. We, we live in such a polar, polarized society. People are polarized about everything. Polarized around politics. Polarized around beliefs. Polarized around race. Polarized about masks. Polarized about vaccinations. Polarized about everything. And God's raised us up to be a rooted church that leads the way in loving all kinds of people. God's called us to lead the way in this world of loving people with different that are different ages and different cultures and different skin colors and different backgrounds and different social statuses and different economic statuses and different political views and different beliefs. We're called to love people not cancel people. And we live in a culture that will cancel you in a heartbeat. You do one thing wrong. You say one thing wrong. People will write you off. They're done with you. Oh, that's what you say. Oh, I'm done with you. But aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't cancel us just because we say something or do something stupid? I'm grateful Jesus doesn't cancel us. The only thing that Jesus has canceled is our record of sin. He nailed our sin to the cross and he remembers them no more. Come on, let's take five seconds and give Jesus Christ some praise that he's canceled our sin, but he didn't cancel us. He canceled our record of sin but he has not thrown us away I thank God that he canceled our sin and Jesus doesn't cancel anybody and we need to be like Jesus church when our roots are growing deeper in Jesus we can hold opposing views on a lot of issues and still love one another you see church agreeing on all the issues doesn't have anything to do with love. Listen, you don't have to agree with me. I don't have to agree with you all the time. You have to agree with one another. Matter of fact, you can sit down with somebody and talk it out over coffee and just say, I, don't, I still don't see it. I don't get where you're coming from. I disagree with you. That's your view. That's not my view. I, I disagree with you. And you can sit down and disagree with somebody and still love them. Come on, they can still be your family. You can still worship together. You come on, you can still, you can still do life together. Being rooted in Christ isn't measured by what you know. It's not measured by what you do. It's measured by who you love. I think Paul said it best. Not only that the apostle Paul write the book of Colossians. 
but he also wrote two letters to the church at Corinth. And he says these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 2 about love. If I had the gift of prophecy, I operated in the spiritual gifts. And if I understood all of God's secret plans and mysteries, I mean, I just understood all the mysteries of God. And possessed all knowledge. You could just come to me about anything. And I had the knowledge. I could give you an answer. I could, I, 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 I could give you the wisdom. He says, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, I just sacrifice everything for the poor. I even sacrifice my body. I could boast about it. But if I didn't, did not love others, I would have gained nothing because maturity in Christ isn't measured by how much you know or what you do is measured by who you love. Church, church lean in right now. Who is hard for you to love? Let me Ask another provoking question. What somebodies are hard for you to love? What group is hard for you to love? I'm not preaching at you. I'm, pre I'm, 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 I'm in this with you. Because I, I go through some seasons where it's challenging to love certain people. Somebody hurt me, and God, God has convicted me on several occasions to say, Herbert, I don't care how great you preach. I, I don't care how much Greek and, and Hebrew you know and that you studied when you got your degree. I, I, Herbert, I'm not impressed with any of that. I want to know, will you forgive and will you love? Because when your roots are growing deep, and my prayer is that today, that today you would do business with God and say, God, I'm going to let my roots go, my roots go deeper and deeper and deeper and I'm going to forgive and I'm going to love them I'm going to love those people I'm going to love that family member because my roots are growing deeper number three is this there's a third outcome when your roots are growing deeper in Christ here's the third outcome rooted people have an attitude of hope have an attitude of hope. Let's, let, let's look here in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 5 he says the faith and love the faith and love, we've been, we just talked about that. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. Church, if you have hope, you can recover from just about anything. But if you lose hope and you don't get it back, it's game over. You see, hope is the belief that's deep down on the inside that things are going to get better, that my circumstances are going to get better, that my life is going to get better, that my future is going to get better. Hope is the 60-year-old man that lost everything in the tsunami or the hurricane or the tornado and still believes that I'm going to make it. I'm going to recover. My life is going to rebuild. He still has 
hope. Listen, church, when you have hope, no matter the circumstances, you go from a victim mindset to a surviving mindset. And I'm not losing. I'm not giving up. I'm surviving until I'm thriving. I am going to experience a victory in my life. It's the cancer patient. cancer is eating away at their body and they're fighting and they're fighting and they're fighting they're weak their hair is gone and they don't have much strength left but they keep fighting and they keep believing that they'll find a cure, that, that somehow God will heal my body. And, and, and they hold on to hope. They have an attitude of hope. I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor. I have hope. It's the single mom who lost her job, who lost her business she owned during the pandemic. And she still has a family to take care of and babies to feed and bills that are coming in but she still puts her resume together believing and having hope that God is going to open up a door that no man can close that somehow Jehovah Jireh is going to help me put food on the table she just maintains hope You see, hope knows that what you think about tomorrow impacts how you feel today. If you think tomorrow is going to be worse than today, if you think nothing is going to ever change tomorrow, you're going to feel bad today. But if you think there's a new day tomorrow, there's hope tomorrow. There's a bright future tomorrow. It will lift you today. Your circumstances might not change at all today, but what you think about tomorrow will impact how you feel today. And with God, there's always hope. With God, there's always time on the clock. With God, all things are possible to those who believe we can always have hope because we know the end of the story no matter how bad it gets on this earth we know that heaven awaits us perfection awaits us Jesus awaits us it's not over with Jesus there's always hope there was an international chess player hanging out with his close friend that they went to the museum one day to look at the artifacts and all of the paintings and all of the history at the museum and as they were walking through the museum checking out everything studying everything the international chess player looked up and saw a painting on the wall titled checkmate and he just stared at the painting and he just stared and he just stared for several minutes and his friend said, what's wrong? Why, why do you keep staring at this painting? He says, as I look at it, I'm telling you, we've got to contact 
the painter because as I look at this painting right now I, I'm noticing something is off we've got to let the painter know either change the title or repaint the painting and his friend said well why why does he need to do that he says well as I study this chess match and it says checkmate he says I noticed that the king has one more move and I've just come to tell somebody that the devil might have wrote checkmate the devil might say I got you cornered in the devil might have said your marriage will never make it you'll never get married your kids will always be on drugs the devil might be saying checkmate you can't get out of this God's not going to supply he's not going to meet your needs the devil is saying checkmate but I want you to know with Jesus there's always one more move the king has one more move the king can see you through the king can bring healing the king can bring provision the king can turn it around the king can show up with an answer the king has one more move somebody needs to hear me me today there's hope with Jesus there's hope with Jesus there's hope I don't care what you're going through today there's hope there's hope how many of you believe that my God can move mountains how many of you believe that my God can do it again come on online come on Midwest City come on Northwest come on Oklahoma City Throw those hands up right now in faith and let the king begin to just move in your life. Come on, let's sing this song together. Let's worship Jesus. y'all shout because the Bible says shout unto God with the voice of triumph what kind of church are y'all that y'all lift y'all's hands but well, we're just a Bible believing church because the Bible just says lift up holy hands to God and today as we lift up holy hands as the Bible says I'm talking to some people that you're struggling with your faith you're doubting God's Word and you need to just lift up your faith today and say God Help me with my unbelief today. Help me to sit on your word. Help me to believe your ways. You lift your hands, just, just give it to God today. There are some of you that love is hard, loving some people, loving some groups of people. And as you lift your hands today, come on, give God those people. Give God the, the hurt. Give God the pain. Say, God, help me to love. Let my roots grow deep that I would love, that I would stand on your word. Some of you are facing a situation in your family, in your marriage with your kids, at your job, in your money, with your health, and it looks like checkmate, but I'm telling you with God, there's always hope, and rooted people have a hope in Jesus, and somebody today needs to just lift both hands up and just push it to God and say, God, I just believe you. I just trust you that there's hope, God. Give me my hope back that you're able, that you're able. Your promise still stands. Come on right now. I want you to begin to sing that, and would you just begin to lift your hands and just begin to push it to Jesus right now? Just 
just begin to lift hands and say, God, I give it to you. Let my roots grow deep. Your promise still stands. Come on, give it to him, church. Come on, give it to him, church. Come on, Midwest City. Come on, Northwest. Come on, online, Mabel Bassett. 